Hi, everybody. It's John Dickerson. Welcome or welcome back to the Connection Point podcast. At the end of this episode, I'd encourage you to take a moment and check out cp.news on your web browser. Connection Point is a church that is fully online, and you can follow Jesus one day at a time from anywhere in the world with us. Well, I pray this message inspires you and challenges you today to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, hello, Connection Point. I hope you're doing well today, and I hope that's the case for those of you that are right here uh, in Brownsburg or one of our other locations. Fishers, hello. Avon, hello. And online, Precious Family, hello there. We're starting a new series today, and it's called My Deepest Needs. And uh, the reality is we've all got needs. Some of those needs that we have are actually really, really deep, deep soul level needs. Now, when I say that, some of you immediately go, oh, yeah, I'm aware of that. And I totally know what my needs are. Others of you, if you you slow down long enough and you start to process, you go, I'm not even quite sure if I know what my deepest needs are. We're going to spend a little time over the next few weeks having a conversation about those needs, but also coming to the understanding that what God has to say to us is this, he is the one and only one who can meet our deepest needs. As we have spent a lot of time talking about the relationships that we have with each other over the last few weeks, now we're going to really see what our relationship with our Heavenly Father, Abba, our our Dad, in heaven, what does that mean for us? What does that look like? And in particular, today as we start, I want to talk about the need for acceptance. We've all got a deep need for acceptance. That is one of our soul needs. I want to be accepted. Do you want to be accepted? Or do you just kind of wander around alone? Some of you are loners and you still have a soul need for acceptance. Others of you, you know full well how deeply you want to fit in. And unfortunately, it wasn't one of those things that just disappeared after you got through junior high. It's really horrible in junior high, but the need for acceptance kind of continues. I was in in college and uh, there there were some guys that were in our church who I really liked, and I wanted them to like me. Turns out they were motorcycle riders. I had never been on a motorcycle, never ridden a motorcycle, but I wanted it to be accepted by them, so I said, yeah, I'll, I'll learn how to ride a motorcycle for you. And so I took a class, and I got my motorcycle license. Still didn't own a motorcycle, but they had a motorcycle. And they said, Ron, we're gonna take it. So here's what happened on my very first motorcycle trip ever. They gave me a motorcycle and it was like the Death Trap 3000. I don't know what it was. It was basically a missile with two wheels on it. They gave me one of those suits, the full body suit. I looked like a horrible, like balding Marvel superhero. I got on the Death Trap 3000 and no joke, we set off for my first ride ever and did 700 miles in 24 hours. We left California, we went up into Nevada and then all the way back down into California. I walked like this for about about three weeks after this horrible ride. 
Well, about 500 miles into the journey, uh, we're just cruising and finally there's no cars around. It's a long, painful straightaway in the middle of the desert somewhere. And uh, the guys are out in front of me on their bikes and I'm kind of lagging behind, holding on for your dear life. And I I could feel the beginnings of a sneeze. Now, I'm not real, real sure how this works. I'm wearing a full face helmet. I've never sneezed wearing a full face helmet before. And I can't prevent it. I can't reach up and itch my nose because there is a full face helmet covering my face. And here it comes. And I'm hanging on for dear life. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then, oh, true. And it was a wet one. Now I've got two problems. I have spit sliding down the inner face of my visor, not able to see very well, and it startled me so much that as the sneeze happened, I did this. If you're not real familiar, on a motorcycle, when you do this, it makes you go fast. Suddenly I'm doing Mach 4 (laughs) down. I went right between the two friends Jesus was at the end of the road going, just keep on coming, Ronnie. You're, you're just about done. We're going to wrap this thing up. Somehow, by the grace of God, I was able to pull over and uh, get off the bike, and my buddies rode up, and they were like, that was the coolest thing we've ever seen. You guys, I, I almost died just to be accepted, just to fit in. And while that's kind of laughable, there are moments in our life where we feel like I might have to die in order to fit in. I might have to die to to be accepted in our enemy that we have that's gunning for us, a culture that the enemy uses to gun for us. Even the enemy getting in sometimes to our family of origin begins to communicate lies to me and you right from the beginning, and the predominant lie is, I will only be acceptable if, dot, dot, dot. And the enemy will use any number of means possible to try to whisper this lie that you are only acceptable if you perform well, or if you look like this, or if you have these types of friends, or if you work in this particular place, or if you have these sorts of accomplishments, then you will be acceptable. See if any of these lies hit home, not just with other people, but see if, if, if the enemy has got in to getting you thinking that you'll only be acceptable to God if dot, dot, dot. Here's a lie the enemy uses. If I perform better, God will love me more. That's a lie. Another lie that gets out there is I have to keep God's standards in order to keep God's love. That's also a lie. Another lie, something like, I don't belong with God. But if I do, it's probably in some sort of slave-servant sort of way. Also, a lie. And so, feeling like who we really are in our flawed self 
isn't worthy of being accepted, here's what we end up doing. We end up inventing a new self, a false front that everyone will admire, but nobody will truly know. And here the enemy begins to separate us from us and us from other people and even began to convince us that we have to fake it to make it in our relationship with God. I've got a question for you. Does God only love you in your goodness? Does he only love you when you're good? Or... Does he love you even in your brokenness? Does he love you even in your poverty? Does he love you even in your failure? Because depending on how you answer that question, it'll tell yourself an awful lot about how your relationship with him sits how secure you have a relationship with him, your understanding of who he really is in context to who you really are. Jesus actually answers this question in a famous story that he tells that you've heard a million times, even if you're not a follower of Jesus. In response to some religious people that were wondering why Jesus ever hung out with sinful people, he tells a handful of stories, and one of them is about a dad who has two sons. And the younger son cashes in on his inheritance, takes it, leaves for the distant country, and then wastes it all in wild living. He eventually hits rock bottom. And when he hits rock bottom, he heads home. The second son, the older brother, he stays home with the dad the entire time. And while he's home with the dad, He's there working faithfully, but also kind of resentfully. And he's resentful of the fact that the son that was kind of wasteful is welcomed back by the dad. And what the sons say about their relationship with their dad is is something that I have found myself saying both modeling the younger son and the older son. In Luke chapter 15, listen to what the younger son says. In Luke chapter 15, verse 18, as he's hit rock bottom, the younger son's rehearsing his speech and says, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please, take me on as a hired servant. Skip down to verse 29 to see what the older brother says when when he's upset about the celebration for the younger son. Father came out and begged him, but the older son replied, All these years, Dad, I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you've told me to. And... In all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back, dot, dot, dot. And I think it's fascinating 
as the dad here is meant to represent our heavenly dad. And the sons are representative of us. You've got one son who's willing to be made a slave to the dad. And you've got another son who thinks he has been a slave the entire time. And they're both wrong. And the dad is so clear in declaring, I don't want your primary understanding of who you are to be as a slave to me. Hello? And maybe you would just kind of receive this from the Lord today from your Abba, Father. Abba is just Aramaic for father or dad or daddy. Would you receive this about you? If you've got a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, hear me. You are first and foremost God's son or daughter. First and foremost, you are his child. You're his son. You're his daughter. That is incredibly true about you. Yes, the word of God does speak to the fact that we are his servants or bond servants. But that is not the primary lens. It's not the first lens through which we should understand our relationship with God. The first lens we should understand our relationship with God is through the lens of we have been adopted into his family because of what Jesus did for us. The, the work of Jesus made us fully acceptable to God. It was his work that made us his kids. That's true about you and me. We've got to start with us being sons and daughters, not servants, lest we believe that our acceptance with God is based on our performance. You're not acceptable because you're good. You're not acceptable because you perform right. Therefore, you're not unacceptable when you make mistakes because you're his kid first and foremost. I would love to invite the worship team out for just a moment. We, we don't do this very often. But I'd like to invite them out right now, a portion of them, and just spend a moment in stillness where, where you can kind of meditate maybe, pray maybe, process maybe about your relationship with the Lord. There's a song that my friend Brett wrote a number of years back, and it, it's super meaningful to me. Brett's meaningful to me. The song has ministered to me a lot for the last few years. And I asked the worship team if they would just do a portion of this song and allow some space for you and I. Just to pause for a moment before we continue on with the rest of the time in the word. And just receive the truth that when you've got a relationship with God through Jesus, you're his kid, you're his son, you're his daughter. Do you know that here, but not here? Maybe you've never understood that. Maybe he'd hammer it home to you in the next two or three minutes. 
Maybe you've forgotten that. And he'd encourage you with that in this time that we've got. You don't need to stand. You don't need to sing. Any of the locations that you're at, you just stay seated, restful, and meditate on the truth and reality that you are God's son. You are God's daughter because of what Jesus has done for you. That older son showed up, the younger son showed back up rather and tried to get his speech out. I'm not worthy to be called your son, so just make me a hired servant or a slave. You know what the dad's response was? Well, he was still a long way off. His father was filled with compassion for him and he ran to his son and he embraced him and he kissed him. Maybe just deep down in your heart and your soul, as we create a little bit of space and stillness, just please, would you just stay still and receive this, the embrace of your heavenly daddy, just for a few moments, and then we'll continue.
feel really, really strongly this weekend about just the Lord wanting to contend for you and fight for you in this regard because of how much the enemy comes at trying to get us to think otherwise. If you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus, his heart's desire is that you would be his kid. And rather than being a slave to sin, that you'd become one of his children. And if we never ever come to see God, if we never come to see him as our loving father who accepts us, you guys, not despite our faults, but with our faults. If we never come to see him that way and see ourselves as his son, his daughter, then we will spend our whole lives looking for acceptance in all the wrong places. There's a book called Abba's Child by Brendan Manning. We've made it available in the lobby. And if you just need a deeper understanding of God is Abba Father, Daddy, snag it and spend some time reading through that book over these next few weeks. It's out in the, the lobby and you can, you can snag that as a good resource. Tired and uh, feeling like thin lately and uh, a lot of different reasons for it. But it's even more so in those moments where I just can crawl up on my heavenly daddy's lap and just be and know that he accepts me, know that he's pleased, know that he welcomes me there. It's such a refuge and it's such a safe haven. I hope you have that place. I hope you have that relationship and understanding that you can with him today. In Psalm 51, I just wanted to share briefly this rather odd set of verses in the scriptures that King David wrote. And, and David, as you know, was a man who was uh, in quite the relationship with God. And when he was on, he was really on, and when he was off, he was really, really off. And so I'm sure he wrestled with uh, whether he was worthy of being called a son of God a number of times. And yet he has this amazing moment where he reflects in writing this psalm about a particular moment of brokenness after he's just committed adultery and then covered it up with actually murder being able to take place. I mean, the, the, the darkness here is pretty intense. And as he's confessed and poured his heart out to God, he, he says something interesting here in verses 16 and 17 of Psalm 51. He says, God, you do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. And it sounds a little bit weird at first. But, but the reality is, like with all of us, we're, we're always trying to like offer up our good stuff, aren't we? 
We're trying to offer up our, our goodness when it's not really our goodness that needs accepting. <laughs> you know what really needs accepting is our brokenness. What really needs accepting is our faults and our flaws. I'm a, I'm a big Superman fan. You know, you got Clark Kent, you've got Superman. Sometimes I think, you know, God won't like me as Clark Kent. God, God won't like me as the just me or the real me. And so I need to pretend to be Superman in order for you to like me or in order for God to like me. And that's just a, a horrible lie that we can get stuck in. Projecting this Superman or Superwoman out there for everybody else to find acceptance or for God to accept us. When he's saying, hey, there's only one Superman and his name is Jesus. And so, hey, my son, my daughter, feel free to ditch the tights. Feel free to drop the cape. I accept you for who you are. I made you. I know you. I know the deepest, darkest parts about you. And I love you anyway. And yet, yes, is sin an issue? You bet. He loves us just as we are, but he also loves us too much to leave us that way. But we don't earn our way into a relationship with God. It's easy for someone to accept the good things you have to offer, but when someone accepts the brokenness of you or the faults in you, you're probably looking at the work of God. Anybody can accept the good stuff. But when you offer up the faults and the brokenness, and you find a family member or a friend that says, I love you anyway. Man, that takes the spirit of God at work in them. But that's also coming from God himself. And Jesus has already done absolutely everything to make you and I fully acceptable to him. When he went to the cross and took sin on himself, he took our place so that we could be acceptable to the Father. And just our faith in the personal work of Jesus makes us acceptable. That's huge for me and you. Because the reality is God is our maker, God is our creator. He is all knowing, he's all powerful, he's ever present. He's also a righteous, holy judge. But it is like this, it's like if the judge that's just heard your, your crimes pronounced you not guilty and then gets down off the bench and comes down and sits down next to you and says, I would like to invite you into my family to be my son or my daughter. That's the invitation of our God. That, that's his heart's desire to accept us 
into his family because of what Jesus has done for us. Acceptance is one of our deepest needs. Here's some of the others. A worth that's not tied to my performance in life. Safety and protection is a deepest need. A identity and purpose, that's a deep need. A future that's hopeful, that's a deep need. And I just want to remind you that our heavenly Abba Father is the only one who can meet your deepest needs. There's no accomplishment that can meet your deepest needs. There's no material possessions that can meet your deepest needs. There's no money that can meet your deepest needs. There's no physical intimacy with another human being that can meet your deepest needs. There's no actual just friendship, relationship, not even marriage relationship that can meet your deepest needs. It's only a relationship with him that is gonna bring the acceptance and bring the safety and bring the identity and bring the purpose and bring the future that you and I are so desperately longing for. Jesus has already done everything to make you fully acceptable to him. Faults and all, struggles and all, brokenness and all. He's got you. Listen to me. You belong to him. You belong with him. You don't have a relationship with God through Jesus? Stop believing the lies. Jesus came to make a way for you to belong with him. Child of God, if you're doubting whether you belong, stop letting the liar lie to you. The one who knows you best, loves you most. And so when the lies speak louder than the truth this week, this month, this afternoon, take sides with God. When your thoughts are over here or the enemy's whispering this, God's over here and he's already proclaimed some pretty amazing things for you. So rather than taking sides with the enemy or just taking sides with yourself or taking sides with what everybody else has said, take sides with him. God's already taken sides with you. Would you take sides with him? So maybe this week this is a lie that comes to you. I need to earn God's love. If the enemy starts to speak that to you, I need to earn God's love, then come back with the truth, the truth of God's word that says God saved you by his grace when you believed, by his grace, not your performance. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. That's the truth. You can't earn God's love, it's a free gift. If the lie hits you this week, I can't make any mistakes with God. If my performance is less than perfect, then he won't like me, he won't accept me. Remember that Jesus sits on the throne, but it's a throne of grace. Hebrews four says, let us boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence. There we will receive his mercy, and find grace to help us when we need it. 
God knows you're going to make mistakes. That's why his grace and his mercy are so prevalent. And those are deep needs that we all have for the reception of grace and the reception of forgiveness and mercy. He's ready, willing, and able to give it to you constantly. When the lie comes, being with God is probably just like working for a harsh employer. Come back with the truth that God's already spoken. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to anger and abounding and unfailing love. That's our God. You are the sons and daughters of God. Hear the words of 1 John 3, 1, just ring so loud. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. That is who you are. You are fully acceptable to him because of the person and the work of Jesus. Don't let anyone or anything convince you otherwise this week. I'll be praying for you to that end. Let me do it now. And so gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for uh, knowing my faults and knowing my brokenness, knowing my sin. And that you stepped in and you made everything possible to free me from sin. You did everything possible to restore a relationship that I had that was broken with my heavenly father. Thank you that you did all the work. And that I stand here today acceptable to you. It's just a humbling honor and privilege. For times where we don't feel worthy to be called your son or your daughter, would you whisper your love to us? Would you wrap us up in a huge embrace and speak acceptance deep down in our hearts that we might not go looking for it elsewhere? We have it in you. And we give you all the praise and the glory for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Amen. Well, if today's episode encouraged you or helped you in any way, we would invite you to keep following Jesus with us. We send out a daily video text devotional. You can receive that. And you can learn how to gather with us online or in person for our weekend services. All of that is available over at cp.news. That's the letter C, the letter P, dot news on your phone or desktop or tablet browser. Thanks again for joining us. And please join me again next week for the Connection Point Podcast.